Welcome to Book Clips, a weekly podcast featuring author readings, produced by the Lesbian Review, connecting lovers of lesfic with lesbian authors. You can find more information on this book in the show notes. And don't forget to help others find this podcast by rating and subscribing on iTunes, Podbean and Stitcher. Hi, this is Abby Crofton and today I will be reading from the second novel in my Say Yes series, Say Yes to the Soccer Player. In this scene, Jenny has been invited back to the dorm room of soccer star Beth to watch a movie. Beth's suite was on the third floor. Her building was much bigger than mine, but not as tall as Kate and Marie's. She opened up the door to reveal a living room with the sofa taking up most of the space in the middle. There was also a table in it, and what I guess was the dining room, but no chair surrounding it. The kitchen was on the left as we walked in, though all I got was an impression of it since the lights were off. So this is home, at least for the rest of the year, she said as she closed the door behind us. I stood awkwardly in the entranceway, not sure if we should sit on the couch or wait to be given directions. Luckily, Beth took charge. My room is over there, she pointed right past the living room. There's the three of us living here, but they're out for the night with her boyfriends. So no, I don't live with Alma, thank goodness, she exclaimed. I don't know, she seems like she would be a fun roommate. Beth responded to that with a deadpan look. A room with her on away dreams. Trust me, she's not very much fun when she wants to play tooth or dare at 3 a.m. I think she may be an insomniac. Yeah, I can see where that would be tough. I sympathize with her. There were another few seconds of silence, this time not as easy as when we were downstairs. Beth cleared her throat. Do you want to watch movies in there? We don't have a TV out here, but we can bring out my laptop and watch them on the sofa. The careful way she phrased the option told me that her original plan had been for us to sit in her room, but that she'd picked up on my tension and was willing to change her plans to accommodate me. Your room is fine, I said before I thought about it too much. I was a grown-up, and I could sit next to another grown-up and watch a movie for a couple of hours without freaking out. I hoped. Beth led the way again, this time to her room. After she opened the door, she flicked a light switch on the wall illuminating the room with a soft glow from a standing lamp tucked in the corner. After taking off her shoes, she walked over to her desk and turned on another small lamp sitting on a shelf. With the second one providing more light, the atmosphere didn't feel so intimate. I couldn't decide if that was good or bad. I followed Beth's leads and took off my own shoes, setting them next to hers. A quick peek revealed that I had worn socks with no holes. Good thing, too. First impressions were important, after all. Take a seat wherever you want, Beth's voice broke into my thoughts. I looked around the room for a seat. As the biggest piece of furniture in there, the bed was the first thing I saw. No big deal. I've seen a bed before. I slept in a bed every night, though it wasn't Beth's bed. I skipped over to the bed. Better not think too much about it. There was a big rug that covered most of the exposed floor. On it were a bunch of pillows set out to form a cozy-looking nest. Alma had been right. Beth had taken time to set everything up. I felt guilty for a second making her wait while I was at the party, but I didn't want to dwell on that. What battered is that I had made it here eventually. That looks comfortable, I said as I walked over to the pillows on the floor. I sat at the edge, leaving tons of room for Beth to sit. I figured we could stretch our legs out down here, she said as she sat down next to me. 
I was both relieved and disappointed when she put a few feet between us. At that point, I was confusing myself with all the conflicting feelings. Why couldn't my brain just pick one and go with it? I thought maybe for a few more drinks at the party, it would have loosened me up a bit. But when I looked over at Beth, who was sitting at her laptop on a low table for us to watch the movie, I was so glad I was totally sober at the moment. It was important that I remembered how the light made parts of her hair more red than brown, bringing out hidden highlights, the curve of her fingers as they moved over the keyboard, her narrow eyes as she looked at the screen. I wanted to know if she wore contacts or glasses, if she liked to watch older movies or what her major was in school. I wanted to know everything about her. I wasn't stupid enough to voice those thoughts out loud, though. Those would stay safely in my head where no one could see just how weird I was, or just how much I was falling for Beth. I shook my head as if the physical moment would banish those thoughts. Are you okay? Beth asked in my concern. Oh yeah, just stretching out my neck. It's been a long week. I covered, rotating my neck for extra believability. And it's just the beginning, she sighed as she leaned against the pillows. The laptop was set up, a black and white frame froze, waiting for us to press play and begin watching. Beth's feet were crossed at the ankles, her long legs extended to their full length as she sat back. It was hard not to stare, but I managed not to let my glaze linger on her legs. Too much. I swallowed against my sudden dry throat. Uh, how's school going for you so far? I asked. It was a safe question perfect question for a first date. It was still hard to believe that I was on an actual, real-life first date. Everything is going just like it has the last two years. I've gotten everything organized, I set up a plan for a study schedule, I'm ready to plan ahead and not leave work for the last minute, and then I'll probably abandon all of that like the other semesters and be an anxious mess when finals come around. But I guess I'm an optimist because I always think I'll keep the schedule when the new semester starts. Or, you're insane, I added thoughtlessly. At her surprised look, I hurriedly explained, the, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, Freud or some other guy. Albert Einstein said that, actually, Beth replied, at least according to some people. And thanks for not calling me insane. I think it'll take a bit more time together before you can make that determination. Well, Einstein was pretty smart, too. I responded rather stupidly, and I'm sure you're not insane. The idea of spending more time with Beth had fried my circuits. That was the only explanation for the things coming out of my mouth. Luckily, Beth just laughed. Thanks for the vote of confidence, but seriously, are you one of those people who finishes assignments weeks ahead of time and then lectures everyone else for not doing the same? I scoffed. <laughs> Hardly. I'm the type that whines about leaving things to the last minute totally annoying character trait, but at least I recognize it as a fault. Self-awareness is important in a person, Beth agreed. There's nothing worse than a jerk who doesn't know she's a jerk. Sounds like you speak from experience, I added, but I was afraid I'd overstepped when Beth didn't answer right away. When she did answer, she sounded contemplative. I guess you can call it one of my pet peeves. Too many people don't realize the destruction they cause when they say or do something without thinking of how it would affect others. They're too wrapped up in what they want to be empathetic. She gave a self-depreciating laugh. And that's my college word for the day. Then she leaned towards the laptop to start the movie, shutting down that line of conversation.
It was obviously a sore subject for her. I was curious, but I didn't probe more. You've been listening to Abby Crofton reading from my novel, Say Yes to the Soccer Player. You can find the links to this book and the rest of my Say Yes series at abbycrofton.com. Thanks. This has been an episode of Book Clips, a lesbian talk show podcast produced by The Lesbian Review. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please help others to find it by rating and subscribing on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. If you are an author interested in sending us a book clip, go to thelesbiantalkshow.com reading for more information.